Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Ben and Nick, and it is my birthday today. That's right, the big dog, the host of the podcast of Fireside Nets with Ben and Nick. It's my 29th birthday. Very, very... Wait, does that make me the small dog? That does make you the small dog. I'm not really that pumped about having my birthday on a Monday, because like every yeah, other, we got to celebrate this past weekend. We we did, and we'll get into that. But you know, you go to work. No one really realized it was my birthday today. That's okay. It's not their job to know everyone's birthday. But didn't get a lot of birthday wishes. It's also Monday, so everyone's sort of coming in with that Monday vibe. Um, less people this year wished me a happy birthday on Facebook than previous years. Kind of unhappy about that. Not gonna lie to you. And well, maybe uh, you need to stay in touch with some more people. I don't think that dad talked to me until like maybe 15 minutes ago. He called me. He's like, hey, happy birthday. Like hey, six o'clock on your, your son's birthday. That's a little late. Well, I didn't really wish you happy birthday because I wish you happy birthday yesterday. Right. So do you want to get into that uh, celebration that you and I had without getting into the actual game? Because we're going to break that down after we recap the celebration. But let's let's recap uh, our little day in Brooklyn together. I mean, yeah, I'll give a plug uh, to Birds of a Feather, Szechuan Chinese food in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I, I put it in my top five restaurants in Williamsburg um, and definitely top three Asian restaurants. It's, it's unbelievable. Every dish slaps. Uh, so we brought Spen out, me and a couple of buddies. We treated him to a nice lunch uh, and then hit another, another shout out to the Big Whiskey, actually formerly known as the Big Whiskey, now called the Whiskey uh, in Williamsburg, Brooklyn as well on Grand. Joel and Mike are the bartenders there. Great dudes. Uh, it's everything you got. It's sports, pool, ping pong. Um, and they also play some 70s classic rock like the Allman Brothers and uh, uh, and the Zombies time of the season was on repeat. And we love that song. So watch the game there. We'll get into the game. But uh, it was it was a nice weekend. Glad we got to spend it together, brother. I want to thank you for being such a good host. Your buddies, Josh and Jack, shout out their listeners to the pod. Uh, they're like brothers to me. They're like family. I love those two two sons of bitches. Um, and we had a good time outside of the guy at the bar who I know I'm never going to see again. You might see him again. Cause he's definitely going to be at your bar. Uh, that's your bar, by the way, Nick's friends with the bartender, but there was one customer at the bar. He was your typical, let me try to talk to this group of four who are there just trying to enjoy themselves, watch the game. Uh, he made one of the most inappropriate jokes I've ever heard. It was kind of funny. We're not going to repeat it on this podcast because I don't want to get canceled by everyone on, on Nets Twitter. It's not a canceling joke. I'm sorry. I shouldn't preface it like that. It's just one of those gross. It's sort an overtly of, sexual joke that we don't need to you, repeat. That you don't want to hear from a 60-year-old stranger. I'm just assuming the guy's age. I agree. He was probably within the 50 to 60 range. He was very odd. But he did try to wingman you because he didn't know you were engaged. And he bought you pickleback shots. So although he did some questionable things, he had two redeeming actions. So overall, it's kind of a wash. I'm all about it. I mean, not to mention he's trying to have these full-on conversations with us with like three minutes left in the Nets-Knicks game. Like we're trying to focus on the fucking TV and this this guy won't shut his trap. was driving me crazy. 
But you know what? We, we've talked enough about our weekend. I, I thanked you a few times. Let's get into this game because Can you thank this was you actually one more time? thank you. Okay. This was actually a game that I thought the Nets were going to lose. So um, I, yeah, I feel like they were due. They had they had won. They they've beaten the Knicks five times straight before this game. They pretty much own the Knicks number uh, since KD joined the team. So, you know, we're coming off a great win against Philadelphia on Thursday. We'll get into that later in the podcast. But I, I, for some reason, I just thought I thought the Nets were due for a loss. And to their credit, they came out focused. No Kyrie Irving, no Seth Curry. Uh, Kevin Durant was on no a Aldridge. motherfucking – No Aldridge, you're right. He was on a motherfucking mission on Sunday. And that was to basically beat the Knicks by himself. And he damn near did it. I mean, 53 points. He had the go-ahead three-pointer. There was a moment in that fourth quarter where he hit a jumper over Evan Fournier, and he just went like this to him. Like, you're too small. Unbelievable game by Kevin Durant coming off that epic performance uh, against Philly on Thursday. What would you think of this masterpiece by KD, Nick? I mean, KD was incredible, but we still played down to the Knicks. We have this tendency, and I, you know, the Sixers game being a miraculous exception of that tendency, to really play on the level of the teams we play against. And we keep these shitty teams in the games. KD is a guy. He, he, I wanted the ball in his hand every single play. Obviously, we're missing Kyrie because of, uh, of New York mandates. Seth Curry was a last-minute scratch. I think he, he tweaked his ankle in warm-ups, if I read that yeah, correctly. He has sort of a, an ankle injury that, that's been around for a while, and I think they just wanted, it, it kind of flared up in the uh, Sixers game. I'm not sure if we touch, and just to, to those of you who either haven't heard this, uh, Joe Harris is undergoing season-ending ankle injury, uh, ankle surgery. So he'll be out for the remainder of the season after that whole botch surgery and recovery uh, he had. So KD needed to carry the team, and he did. Was it 53 points, uh, if you said that? I mean, he was unbelievable. I thought Andre Drummond had a, had a pretty uh, a solid back-to-back performance if you're going Sixers and then to this game against the Knicks. Yeah. Nick, you know you know how many shots Andre Drummond missed against the Knicks? Zero. Zero. Eight for eight, 18 points, 10 rebounds in 27 minutes. That was huge. Yeah. I will say uh, Bruce Brown has been stepping up significantly, and I was right about that. Everyone was out on Bruce Brown, uh, and I knew Harden just needed to leave. So Bruce Brown's been coming up. He had 15, 7, and 5, all good numbers across the board. Claxton was solid, 10, 5. The one person who we kind of needed here, right, or one of the two to step up, and it's a little dangerous, Dragic, Dragic and Patty Mills both had bad shooting nights, seven and five points respectively. If we have no Seth Curry, <coughs> pardon me. If we have uh, no Seth Curry, no uh, um, Joe Harris out after the season, no Kyrie and those scores, we need either Patty Mills or Dragic to be that guy that can knock down threes, especially Patty Mills as, as a sharpshooter. So that to me kept the Knicks in the game. We had a Durant who couldn't miss. After that, we had you know, and a solid night from Bruce Brown. He's never going to be the guy who scores at will. A solid night from Nick Claxton again, uh, and, and, and better than expected from Drummond. But if we want to consistently beat good teams, not just the 12th place New York Knicks with a, with a kind of washed Randall, I guess he's coming back a little bit, but I know Knicks fans were out on him for a while. We need our four, five, six guys to do their job, do their role, hit shots when they need to. Yeah, uh, well said. You're a very piss- pessimistic Nets fan. Um, it's the NBA. I don't think you can say they play down to their competition every game. I think that the Knicks are a crosstown rival. 
you know, we've had this this sort of rivalry with them most, you know, since the early 2000s when the Nets kind of had had kid and everything. And it was almost the first time in a long time that they were better than the Knicks. So there's a rivalry there. These games are always going to be close. They always have been. No matter how much better we are than the Knicks, they tend to bring their A game against us. Yes, but um, you have to realize, too, the spread was six for a reason. We're a significantly better team. The BPI, you know, over 70% of us winning that game. We are. We, we absolutely are. And, and, you know, the Knicks, they had us in every quarter um, except that first quarter where we scored 35. But they beat us. Second quarter, they had 30. We had 27. I'm sorry, we beat them in the third quarter, 26-23. They beat us in the fourth. But the thing that I, I didn't sort of count on when I predicted a Knicks win is the Knicks fourth game – I'm sorry, fourth quarter, late in the quarter execution is among the worst in the league, Nick. They just – you know, if they were smart, they would give R.J. Barrett the ball and say, everyone, get out of the way. Let him just try to take everybody because R.J. Barrett is their most skilled offensive player right now. Um, but they put the ball in Randall's hands. He misses a few shots. They, they, they give Fournier a chance – I think he he wasn't it Fournier who had that terrible turnover where Bruce Brown blocked it. They were down, I think, one point. Brown blocked it. Claxton made the save, and um, and the Nets basically were able to stop the Knicks on an inbounds play after a timeout. That was an unbelievable play by by. It was every it was a great involved. defensive play, but why was the play call for Evan Fournier or whoever the fuck had the ball to go to Jericho Sims? That didn't make any sense. I think Sims was going to be – or Robinson. No, it was Robinson. Yeah. It was Robinson. He was going to be the recipient of the – of the like, why? They, they the had a weird RJ. play drawn up to, to go down low because we, we were – you know, we're – Drummond was not Burks. in, right? So we're playing Burks. small. Drummond was not in, so we're playing smaller. Yeah. They wanted yeah. to get the ball to Robinson who could overpower Durant or Claxton. So I, I actually don't mind the play call. It was terrible execution. And Fournier, uh, you did kind of want the ball in Fournier's hands. He had 25 points last night. So I don't know if it was him or Burks. I don't remember who. Oh, had I, think it was Burks. I think it was Burks. I think Burks. it was Burks. I think you're right. I think you're right. But I'll tell you this. What, what, what killed the Knicks, and look, Fournier had the best game. He had 25. I'm sorry, Randall had the best game. He had 26 on 9 of 17 from the field. Fournier had 25 of 9 of 13 from the field. He was hot. And then RJ had, had 24. Uh, not an efficient game for RJ, 8 of 21. But Burks shit the bed for them, 2 for 9. And then quickly – had six points on two of ten from the field. And I'm so a big two, quickly guy. Quickly yeah. is a nice shooter. He is quick, too. He had one play where he had a hesitation step on a drive where you're like, holy shit, that guy could move. Him and Maxi are very comparable. So so those two guys had bad games. The only thing, in my opinion, that kept the Knicks in this one, I, I, I forgot if it was the third or the fourth. It might have been the fourth. When Obi Toppin hit those two wide-open back-to-back threes, you're like, if he's going to be hitting shots against the Nets, it might not be our night. But, look, you can say this in every single matchup between us and the Knicks in the last year and a half. It came down to we have Kevin Durant and they don't. No James Harden, he's somewhere else. No Seth Curry, hurt. No Kyrie Irving, the stupid mandate. You're almost surprised when Kevin Durant misses a shot. That's how smooth every shot he takes looks. I know. And he did it on 19 of 37. he, He took 13 threes. He only hit four of them. But he had a huge one in that fourth quarter to put the Nets up three in a tie ball game. And he played 43 minutes. And you love the comments after this one. KD goes, I've told you guys, I'm fine dying out there, essentially, is, is what he said. I'm paraphrasing. He wants to die on the court, which, you know, given this Tom Brady news as of uh, recent. It's like the sixth man. A lot of people want to die, I guess, on, on the field of battle or, or the court. But, uh, 
yeah, unbelievable game for, for KD. And then you love his mother showing him appreciation after the game. She tweeted, 53-piece and the W. So shout-out to Wanda Durant, I, I think one of the coolest mothers um, of any N- NBA player. Not as cool as our league right now. Oh, any NBA player. Any okay. NBA player. I mean, don't let's not compare Wanda Durant to Randy. Randy is – she's all-time. So is Wanda Durant. It's close. Um, yeah, like you said, good games from Drummond and Claxton. Uh, it was a weird sort of experience for Nets fans because Kyrie Irving was in the stadium. He was in the arena. Uh, I think he came late. The cameras caught him. He was wearing some some really nice clothing. I got I can't hate Kyrie for his style, um, but it was just weird. And then you had Kevin Durant in the post game kind of go at Eric Adams, basically saying, "Yo, you got to figure this out, man. Like, why why is he in the stands watching the game, but he can't, you know, he can't be in a, he can't be on the court with us." And then it was, you know, found out that he was actually in the locker room before the game. So the NBA fined him $50,000. Oh, I'm sorry. The NBA fined the Brooklyn Nets $50,000 because he wasn't supposed to be in the locker room. He was violating that specific mandate. Wait, does so, that mean he could play and they'll just fine him? Yes. 100%. That, that was basically a story a few months ago that – if, if Kyrie just played, the Nets could pay the fine, but they don't want to do that. They thought it was a bad optic, which it is. So, uh, you know, given all this information, Nick, the Kevin Durant talking smack to the mayor after the game, Kyrie Irving showing up, he can't play. The Nets are fine for him being in the locker room. I mean, what do you make of, of all this Michigas, this craziness? I mean, listen, we're, me and you, uh, we don't like to take a political stand on this podcast. We don't like to, to put down. I'll, take, I'll question- take a political stain anywhere, by the way. Is that what you said, a political stain? Oh, I said stand. Oh, I think you said stain. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on stance. Bizarre. Um, <laughs> listen, I know that we really do. Uh, uh, we are trying to be COVID safe, and we really want everyone to take care of themselves. We want people to be healthy. People died. At this point in time, it does seem like Kyrie has followed every protocol. Uh, people who are going into the uh, arena are getting tested. They're following every protocol. They're providing vaccine information. Um it just feels like well, – Well, no, they don't have to now. You okay, don't let's... need a vaccine to get into Barkley's arena. All right, well, that actually furthers my, that furthers my argument then. Then it, it's getting to a point where it just seems like the, like the last piece of the puzzle for clearance in, in New York right now is maybe a little bit of a, a letting go of these um, – what was the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Mandates? No, uh, what is it called? Transgressions? I don't know. What's the word when uh, you do something, but you say you do something, but you do another? You say something, but then you do something else. Hypocritical. Hypocritical. That's the word I was looking for. Hypocrisy. So it's it's extremely annoying that we have to deal with this. I don't blame KD for going off after the game. He's going to have to put up that those kind of nights at home um, un, until Kyrie's back. He's going to have to score 40, 50 a game for the Nets to have a chance. So for him, he's like, yeah, Eric Adams, you're making my life really difficult. I need my running mate. I need my best friend on the court with me. Um, and it gets annoying because, you know, why is the mayor doing this at this point? Why is New York City enforcing these this mandate that clearly makes no sense? The fact that Kyrie was at the game, and if he didn't go into the locker room, he wouldn't. the Nets wouldn't have been fine, but he's able to be around – I don't know how many people are there, 40,000 other people, 30, whatever the number is. And he can't be on a court with 15 other guys. There's something wrong with that. 
it's just it just doesn't make any sense. So look, Nets Twitter is extremely confused. I think I think we're all confused. I think even people who aren't fans of the Nets, you know, outside of the fact that they want to see the Nets lose, at this point they're like, this is ridiculous. Let the guy play. Fucking people who all the really diehard Vax supporters are at the point where like the guy did his time. He hasn't played any home games at all this year, and you you know. It's not like we're saying he should play and there are no mandates that have been lifted. There's a lot of things have been lifted. This one particularly does not make sense in this case. So it's a tough pill to swallow. Here's my thoughts on it. It needs to happen before the playoffs. If it doesn't, from a basketball perspective, I think the Nets are kind of screwed. What do you think? I mean, yeah, who are we playing either the Bucks or the Sixers? No, if we're the eighth seed, we could play the Heat. Um, right. The Heat are one right now. So if no, we, I know that, but based on I'm pretty sure based on season projections, we're we're expecting ourselves to jump into seven. Re- re- regardless, Bucks, Sixers, Heat. Right. Actually, I'm right. least scared of the Heat. I would Me much too. rather. Play. I'm with you on that. I'm with, I would much rather play the Heat. Yes, I agree. With no yes. Kyrie, with no Kyrie, beating the Sixers is nearly impossible. With no Kyrie, beating the Bucks is damn hard as well. So. Worst case scenario, if Kyrie doesn't come back, I'd want to sit in that eighth spot and play the Heat because I think the Heat are a small ball team similar to us, uh, and we and we could play kind of an offensive battle with them. With that said, and again, we'll still get them for the away games. But with that said, playing the Sixers at home without Kyrie would be very scary, especially after we stomped them, and we'll get to that game in a sec, especially after we stomped them, they're going to come in on a vengeance. I, I look at it like this, right? So wherever we go, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, even Boston to a certain extent – we're probably not going to win the first two games on the road. We'll probably take one with KD and Kyrie. So we go back home with the series split one and one. You're asking Kevin Durant to win one of those games without Kyrie Irving. He could probably do it. Let's say they split. They go back away. Is it? It's one one one, right? Yeah. So they go back away. You have to. You can win. You know that game five becomes huge, right? Because if you win that, you have two chances at that that team i guess the funny thing about the nets being being in that in those uh higher seeds is Kyrie plays four games instead of three but what you're what you're betting on is kevin durant has to win one of those four games on the road if not two you know what i mean i'm sorry he has to win one of those games at home without Kyrie. so it's just it's a very hard the, the sort point of dynamic. Is gonna be tough we need Kyrie back for the playoffs and we really want ben simmons back for the playoffs or to start in the playoffs because he's not, he hasn't, he was never there. So he can't really come back, but uh, yes, agreed. Okay. We're going to move on. We're going to go all the way back to Tuesday night against the Charlotte Hornets, three, eight uh, Wayne's world music. I like doing that. I think they do a pretty good one. Shout out Mike Myers and Dana Carvey and Lauren Michaels. That was an SNL sketch. All right. The score was 132, 121. The Nets beat the Hornets. Um, I'm pretty sure this was a wire to wire victory. I, I think the nets were up like 34 at one point in this one, the Hornets cut it to say 12, 14, they went on a run, uh, but too much Kyrie Irving in this one, 50 points for Kyrie, 15 of 19 from the field, nine of 12 from three. He was ridiculous in this one. The Hornets had no answer. He made life hell for scary Terry Rozier, who actually had a pretty nice game. He ended up with 30. Uh, Miles Bridges had 30 as well, 24 for LaMelo Ball. But the Nets, I, I mean, they, they dominated this game. And what was cool about this, Nick, was another great game from Andre Drummond, 20 points, 14 rebounds. He, he was huge for them. Kevin Durant had an off night. 
Six of 13 from the field, 14 points, a few turnovers. He did not look like himself, but the Nets didn't really need him because this is this is the luxury you have when you have Kyrie Irving. He's capable to go off for 50 anytime. Great game. Yeah, but it wasn't even like Durant was off. He just didn't need to shoot. It wasn't like he was quiet, he was off. I didn't have any – to me, it didn't seem like KD was out of it. He was just passing the torch and letting Kyrie do his thing. And we were – like you said, we were up over 30 at one point. We didn't need Kevin Durant to put the ball in his hands. And that, to me, it's funny, right? We don't rest Kevin Durant much, if, if ever, right? Because we need him on the court. But it was almost, in a sense, a rest game for Durant because he didn't have to overexert himself. He passed the torch to Kyrie. Kyrie dropped a 50-burger. This victory was never in doubt. Charlotte creeped up a little bit. We were watching this one from the Big Whiskey as well, me and my boys. So uh, all around, just a solid performance by everybody. I got to shout out Andre Drummond again, who I'm still considering such an unbelievably valuable pickup, 20 and 14. This guy's got this little up and under move that he does almost every time. That's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. It's it's a reverse layup. He did it three times, four times against the Knicks on Sunday. And basically, he uses the net as a defender. Or I'm sorry, as as almost like a a barrier between him and the defender. And Mitchell Robinson, uh, Jericho Sims, they go up to block it. And they can't because they throw their throw their hands up. It goes into the basket. So he's very crafty down low. He's a walking double-double. I mean, 20 points and, and 14 boards for him is huge. Um, this game was never in doubt. This was a nice sort of feel right, get right win for the Nets. They were coming off, uh, I believe, uh, a few losses, right, Nick? They had lost a few games before this. Yeah. If I, I remember correctly. The Celtics, the Heat, uh, the Raptors, the Raptors. We're on a four-game losing streak. We come yeah. back and beat the Hornets. But what I'll say, too, is there's huge playoff implications on this game because the Hornets – uh, now are two games behind us, but at right. the time we were tied. Uh, we were one game behind them because they had the the advantage over us. We had records tied. So now we not only pass the Hornets, we beat the Knicks. We jump. Uh, we hold the eighth spot. The Hawks jump into the ninth spot. The Hornets it drops into the tenth spot. So we're thirty five and thirty three. Two games behind the Raptors, who are thirty seven and thirty, and we're two and a half games. And then we got the Hawks on our tail at thirty three and thirty four. Hornets at thirty three and thirty five and tenth. So. This was not only an important game for us as a team, but we were playing the team right ahead of us, a team that we are better than, that does not deserve to be ahead of us. And I'll say the same thing about the Toronto Raptors, who are somehow in the playoffs. Um, but this had big implications on it, beating the Knicks, beating the Sixers. All these games are super important, obviously, as we approach the last 10 games of the season, and we're trying to get a, a viable playoff spot. So the title of this thing, episode, yeah. The last thing I will say about the Hornets-Nets game, and I'll let you take it from here, I've never seen LaMelo ball kind of play from uh, uh, from start to finish. He's a he's a talent, dude. He is fun to watch and he could do it all. He could pass the ball, he could he could rebound, he could shoot, he could drive. I LaMelo Ball is going to be a freaking star in this league. He's absolutely going to be a superstar. I agree with you there. Um the title of this episode is Are the Nets Good Again? Question mark. This is a good week for the Nets. We won 3 games. We haven't even gotten to the best one of the week yet. We're about to get there, guys. Thank you for being patient. But it just got announced earlier today that Kevin Durant was the player of the week this last week. And that is with just scoring 14 points against the Hornets. So uh, the Nets are are in a much better place. And if they had lost that game against Charlotte, they would have been the 10th seed, which would have sucked for this team to be anywhere close to double-digit seeds. So thank God they beat the Hornets. We talked about the Knicks game on Sunday. Let's Let's get to the main event, Nick. Brooklyn. Philadelphia, one of the most hyped up games of the year. You and I, unfortunately, could not watch live. You were doing your comedy sketch show. I was supporting you, being the good brother that I am. 
We sacrificed watching this game live, and we missed a fucking bloodbath, dude. The Nets absolutely beat. First of all, before this game even started, Philadelphia wanted to murder Ben Simmons. I've never seen an amount of vitriol that they show this guy. You guys got James Harden, okay? So for all your, oh, I hate Ben. He didn't want to play for us. He's mentally this. He's this. this." All this shit talk. What you got out of it was James Harden. So I don't want to hear it. The fact that you're still abusing this guy after, you know, the, the, the breakup, it's almost like an ex stalking his his or her ex-lover. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Leave the guy alone. Boo, booing's fine. I'm talking about the abuse at the hotel, the, the shouting shit at him at the bench. You have to be some type of sick individual to, to think that you have um, some sort of grounds to talk shit to this dude's face after, you know, he gave you guys four really solid years. So I, I mean, was bothered. Yeah. Not to get too deep and, and dark, but seriously, I mean, this guy has been through a lot mentally. He's like kind of barely coming out the other side and seeing the light with this Brooklyn Nets team, kind of giving him a little, uh, uh, a revitalized start, giving him a second chance and a new organization. What, like, what is your goal by insulting him? Do you want him to hate himself? Like, do you want him to quit basketball and be miserable for the rest of his life? Well, or, like, do you, or do you want him to turn around and say, you're right. I was a jerk to Philadelphia. I'm sorry. Is that what you want? What do you yeah, guys want? It's it's ruthless, and I actually was kind of disgusted by it, to be honest, and that's what made this game and winning this game and crushing them so much uh, more enjoyable. Karma is a bee named Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> that should be the name of the episode. That would be a cool title to the episode. Karma is a bee named Brooklyn. All right, I might change it. That's, that's pretty fair. Thanks. Um, I just came up with that. I like that a lot. No, listen, not only were you and I outraged and, and grossed out by the behavior of certain Philadelphia uh, Eagle, I'm sorry, Sixers fans, my dog barking. Although, hey, they're probably Eagles fans too. Um, but the players heard it. Kevin Durant heard it. Kyrie Irving heard it. I and know. they went off. Durant had 25 in this one, 10 to 17 from the field. But the Nets dominated this game. They led Philly wire to wire, this game wire to wire. Irving had 22 points and, and an awesome three-pointer right before the half as time was expiring. Uh, revenge game for Seth Curry, traded away by his father-in-law. He scored 24 points. He had four three-pointers, 10 of 14 from the field, uh, and, and, and just a great game by those three guys. Uh, yeah, those three guys. And then you want to talk about the job that Andre Drummond and Nick Claxton did on Joel Embiid? Look, Embiid still ended up with 27. He went to the free-throw line a ton but he was 5 of 17 from the field. They made life hell for Joel Embiid. They basically gave you a blueprint on how to not stop him, how to slow him down. But we're, 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 we're going to get to the best part of this game, Nick. Could you please read to our audience the stat line of former Brooklyn Net James Harden? Do you have it pulled up? I do. I first want to read – there were two stats. That's actually what I was going to read. There are two stats I want to share that are the greatest stats of all time. They make me smile every time I see them. The Nets shot 56% from the field in Philadelphia against the Sixers. The Sixers shot 32%. At the end of the day, that's just basketball. At the end of the day, who's going to put the ball in the net more? And our confidence and our ability to go into the Philadelphia arena with Ben Simmons by our side, getting his back, despite all the boos, despite all the hate. The Sixers were four and a half point favorites. Four and a half point, that's a 33 and a half point swing. We won by 29, 129 to 100. And James Harden, you know, talking all this shit, you know, he, he, he needed to find a new place. He wasn't happy. Nick, he, he wanted to be with guys who wanted to win. James Harden wanted to be with players in that locker room that wanted to win. You guys lost by 29 points. 
Harden hey, the finished. Guys, yeah. So, so you didn't read that stat yet? Read I'm about stat. to read it. Read you don't read the stat. Harden okay, finished. Harden, I, I'm trying to. Harden finished with 11, 6, and 5, 3 for 17 from the field. 3 for 17. Three field goals, 14 missed field goals in what's arguably uh, the most important game of the season for him thus far. Trading teams, trying to be a presence on that team, asserting his dominance on that new team and showing he made the right decision. He looked like the biggest dingleberry of all time. And that goes after going to the Sixers, starting off hot 3-0. Everybody's in their pants like, holy shit, him and Bede's the greatest combo. Maxi's the greatest third guy. Fuck Tobias Harris. He's never been that great. on a max contract. And then we come in here and every single person is out on us. Every person that said, there's no way, there's no way. Four and a half point favorites. That's a big spread when we have Durant and Kyrie, right? And we come in and win by 29. I mean, that's a fucking statement right there. James Harden is just a distant memory at this point. I'm going to give myself props again because I called out that James Harden would not work out as a net before we traded for him. And everybody in the Nets organization, everybody Nets fan base called me crazy. So I was right. You guys were wrong. But we all win because the Nets won. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I actually heard Sean Marks and, and Steve Nash when they made the trade for James Harden. They're like, this kid, Nick, he's crazy. He doesn't think we should give away Levert and Allen. So good on you. They were talking about you. Uh, my one message that I have for Philadelphia 76ers fans, if you guys are listening. Yeah, Rocky music. Um, no, you guys got absolutely slaughtered by Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. And uh, what was cool after this game was, you know, KD he basically said, I didn't hear the boos when they were at the end of this game. You know, the, the boos stopped for Ben Simmons. I guess it's hard to boo when you're down 29. Kyrie said the same thing. He said, we wanted to come out and we wanted to play hard and, and win this game for our teammate. Uh, so just really cool that the Nets have, have, have sort of found motivation in the situation to come out and prove to, and prove to James Harden, dude, who do you think you are? We are. You know what I'm saying? They're the Brooklyn Nets. This is Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So you left the situation to go play with the likes of, of Tyrese Maxey, who was a fine, who's a fine player. Four points in this game. Harris actually didn't have a bad game. 16 points. I, I mean, and also the best part of this game, the fact that DeAndre J- Jordan is a sixer. He's your backup center, and he played time for you guys. That's a little bit concerning. No, I know. And the last thing I'll say about this game, too. Uh, well, first of all, I love the Kyrie, Joel, and, uh, sorry, the KD and Joel Embiid beef that like, and they respect yes. the hell out of each other. They talk so much shit. And then KD says some really nice things. And Embiid had a quote like, hey, man, I could be Kobe, Shaq, and uh, Hakeem whenever I want to be. And, and KD was like, it's true. That dude is like super dynamic. Yeah, it's, so, it's funny because leading up to the game, both players sort of blew each other all week. They're like, oh, this guy's great. This guy's good. Whatever. Fuck you. It's the terminology I use. Um, and then when they get to the game, they just, you know, there was that play where I thought it was a charge, but basically Embiid barrels into KD, knocks Kevin Durant over. Kevin Durant gets up, and I don't, I don't know what was said, but I feel like it was something like KD's like, yeah, I got up. And Embiid's like, you were on the ground, though. And KD's like, yeah, I got up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The, the last <laughs> thing I'll say. God, bro, it's too competitors going at it it's not ridiculous you wouldn't know anything about it because you missed the last shot in your championship game the last thing i'll say about the the sixers nets game is uh i was a little worried about Kyrie coming off that celtics game i mean Kyrie looked like trash against the celtics i know we talked about that last week don't have to recap but he looked like he could not maybe it's just boston's script night it looks like he could not perform under pressure the fact he came into this arena for the sixers 
literally goldfish memory got rid of it and then dominated on the floor. I mean, that well, was really he, nice to he see. Played, well. He played the Charlotte game where he scored 50 on um, Monday. Or I Tuesday, understand I'm that, but there's, really, but there's oh. really no pressure. I'm saying high-pressure right. game. I get that. Uh, could you just share with the audience what I'm referring to about the championship men's league game? I, I know it's a sore subject, but it's a podcast. we got to talk about it. I mean, we were 7-0 and in my, uh, my men's league game in, uh, was it Gramercy? We lost to be 8-0 in the championship against this team that was far, far inferior to us uh, who just hit the most ridiculous shots, and they won by one. Yeah, and what happened at the end of the game? You got to tell the tell the. I mean, it's not really a part of the story. I wasn't really. I mean, I I got the I got the ball with two seconds left because our the guy who was supposed to shoot it on our team got double teamed, and I had to take like a fadeaway twenty five foot jumper with a guy in my face. Nobody's really expecting it to go in, and it did not go in. Okay, that's fair. I just wanted you to admit that. Okay. Um, all right, two quick segments, then we'll end the show. Uh, again, this is a birthday podcast. It's my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Uh what is Kyrie saying is this segment Kyrie Irving tweeted on Saturday night. So this is a day before the Nets next game. He wrote no fear. Use me God. So Nick, could you break that down? I'll read it again. No fear period. Use me God. Yeah. I think uh, Kyrie is basically saying, you know, there's so much hatred in this world going on. There's so much negativity. People are dying. There's war. Uh, I will do whatever you need, God. And I think he feels that what he does on both the basketball court and off the basketball court uh, is kind of what God uh, has willed into him as if he's some sort of Messiah. Now, I will take the Messiah on the basketball court for sure because he's been crushing it. Off the court, mm, I'm going to stick with the Judaism part and maybe not go with the Kyrie part, but uh, all the best, Kyrie. I don't know what the Judaism part meant. The fact that w- the fact that we're Jewish, I don't know what that has to do with. Well, this I don't team. think Kyrie is carrying out the will of the Jewish. Guy. Oh, that's what you're saying. Okay. Um, my takeaway from this is I think that Kyrie is under the impression that God has a Twitter. So by tweeting "Use me, God." Somewhere he'll see this. Honestly, there is an account called God on Twitter. I know, it's got I know. like a million followers. It would be very funny if God replied, like the Twitter account. I think that would be funny. But I'm sorry. He, he tweets these things. Sometimes they're, they're in the Bible. I don't know if No Fear, Use Me, God is in the Bible. Doesn't sound like it is. Might be original. Might have took it from something. Kyrie's Kyrie's Kyrie. He, he is who he is. He's a great basketball player. I like him. But I read tweets like this, and I just – I can't make heads or tails of it. I don't know. I guess he's saying use me as a vehicle uh, to achieve what you're trying to accomplish. But then, you know, dive into it. What, what is he using you for? I have a lot of questions about this tweet. All right. And then the last uh, segment of the show, figure we have a little birthday roast. So uh, Nick is a stand-up. Well, he's, he's an actor. He's a director. He's a writer. And I, don't, he's, and I don't like being put on the spot to do things that I haven't prepared for. What do you mean? It's a roast of your big brother. You really can't think of a few jokes about me? Why did you tell me this beforehand? I would have actually wrote down clever it jokes. It was an impromptu thing. You want me to just be mean to you? I'm always mean to you. Like, what, what are some things that you say to me when you're mean to me? You're terrible at basketball. You get a migraine after one game. It's not even fun to play one-on-one with you because you just get tired. And then, like, I just want to keep playing and actually get some workout, some cardio in. Oh, man, you me so good. And then also you always take the – like whenever we got to eat, you always take like the one extra thing of whatever food item it is. Like we get like five quesadillas for four people. Like you have to have the fifth one. 
because you're a selfish eater. Like if there's like one extra slice of pizza, you're like not even asking if anybody else wants it. Like you're diving in before anybody even thought about it. I, you know what I actually think you do? I think you finish your first slice of pizza. I think you finish your first slice of pizza so fast just so you can get the second one before anybody else can. You're a selfish eater and you're a lazy basketball player. Uh, and a happy birthday. Roast the far eye. Andy Sandberg. That, awesome. that was awesome. Oh, man. See, you didn't need to write that down. That was fresh on your mind. I love you, bro. Thank you so much for, you for everything this weekend. Uh, I don't care that you missed that shot. You're still better than me in basketball, and I tell everybody that. Thank you guys for listening to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. And as always... Catch you on the fire side.